Hello again and welcome to the Master's Voice. I am Celestial and you are welcome to this channel. To old and new subscribers, you are very welcome. Please adjust your settings by looking at the three dots menu or along the bottom row until you see a cog icon. Click that and hit higher quality or advanced and then bump up the video to 720 or 1080p so that you have a good clear picture to work with. I'm continuing with this sin series and this is part six. I'm working on a series within the series and this one is entitled profanity of profanities to the married. And this was, I think it's dated a day later, but it was June the 12th, 2019. And so God was speaking in a series of visions to me about the things that people do that really offend him. We have to understand that sin is offensive to God. If no one has ever told you the truth about sin, sin is a living pulsating presence. It's a living thing and it's a tool that the, the enemy uses to separate us from the presence of God. You can see the devastating effects of sin, even a small sin with what happened in the garden with Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve's sin was a sin of determination. I know the Catholics have titled it original sin, and um, that's a phrase that's been hanging around for centuries, but it was a sin of determination. And this is at the core of understanding what sin is and how sin works. As the Bible teaches it, it is impossible to sin without the understanding that what you are committing is a sin. How do we know this? Before the Lord God gave mankind the law, man was still doing the same things that offended against God. But God was not bringing and leveraging against them harsh punishment punishments for it because the Lord had not yet made known to his creation what was offensive. But once the law was codified, meaning once it was given to Moses and Moses wrote it down on those tablets and brought it down to Israel and made known to Israel among all the peoples of the world following all their different gods, made known to the Israelites, this is what the Lord your God prohibits. This is what the Lord your God does not accept. This is what the Lord your God said to stop. Then the knowledge of sin was with them. Therefore, every time a man would determine or a woman would determine in her mind and heart, in his mind and heart, to step out against the codified law and do something that was prohibited, this was counted as sin against the individual. So the understanding that a thing is sin and goes against what the Lord has prescribed is righteous, acceptable, holy, and good in his eyes is sin. Adam and Eve were given everything, literally everything was made for them and placed at their disposal. Their ultimate comfort was God's full goal and the love of God was made evident in how he not only created this utopia for them, but he placed them there, protected, safe from harm, and then made his presence available to them every day. He gave them one law, not all the laws that the Bible now has. The law was, is that all things are good here and all things are not only good, but they are under your care and subjection here. 
One thing only have I kept from you, and I have not hid it from you because it's sitting right in the middle of the garden. Keep your hands away from that, and that is that. Every parent will understand this. As a parent, you have certain rights that your children cannot question. Your children were born and they met you in the house, and so they can't question, hey, who are you and what are you doing here? That's part of parental privilege. The fact that you came first, the fact that you may or may not be taller doesn't really matter, but the fact that you came first, the fact that you pay the bills, the fact that you have the responsibility is what is, is encapsulated in what makes you a parent. The right to legislate is the most important right that parents have. The rights to say, don't touch this, don't go that, no, you can't use the car, or I'm taking away a privilege, I'm taking away your game, I'm taking away your allowance because you did this. You committed infractions in the house, you broke the rules, and there have to be consequences for it. God is the greatest being of all beings. There is none comparable to him. And so God could be said to be the ultimate parent. Many people misunderstood what happened in the Garden of Eden. They feel that, oh, but God should have explained to them. And the reason that the snake got Eve is because Eve had never heard of death before. And so when he said she won't surely die and explained it and this and that, once you understand what parental privilege is, you will understand that God was fully within his rights to make a rule, to give no further explanation than what he wanted to give, which is to say, if you break this rule, death comes after. He didn't have to tell them what death was. They heard their parent speak. They had been given all privileges and everything at their disposal. He gave them one rule. Their job was to honor the rule and not break it for the sole reason of who gave them the rule. As parents, that's why many of you get angry when you directly tell your children not to do something and the second you turn around, sometimes before you even turn around, whether it's a toddler or an adolescent or a fully grown adult who's now moved out of the house, they immediately do it. This is evidence of the sin nature in us. It constantly wants to go against what is prescribed. Adam and Eve made a sin of determination. They were given the parameters within which they could exist by God, but they were persuaded by an external force that they did not need to keep those boundaries, that they were in fact within their rights to desire more and reach out and take it. And that is what they did. Therefore, unless sin is taught to us properly, unless we are told what sin is and what it triggers in us and where we land up once we participate in it, we will continue thinking it's a very small thing and we will not understand why sin is actually the only thing that is so costly that it can take away a human's life. And so we come to the issue of marriage, strange sexual practices in marriage that are profane before God. I shared in Profanity of Profanities Part 3 that the Lord showed me many disturbing visions of married people in multiple beds doing multiple filthy things with multiple people. 
One of the visions that I saw was of a man and his wife with his wife tied naked in the bed while her husband was coming towards her naked, wearing only a tool belt around his waist and a burglar mask. And these people, of course, their full nakedness was not shown to me. I've explained about this, so there's no need to belabor that point. Sometimes God does show me people's nakedness. I have said that this this channel is a very graphic one. I have said all the time that I will not bend or blur any prophecies. I will develop them and I will give them exactly how God gave them to me. And so sometimes people are fully naked and it's distressing for me. It's kind of, it's difficult um, because they're things that I just don't need to know. But God feels I need to know them. And here's the thing, God feels that you need to know them too. That is why this channel brings out the truth that is hidden through the word of prophecy. But in this case, God had covered their nakedness. And even though the woman knew that it was her husband coming towards her in the bed, his acting as a burglar and potential rapist was so good that she became very excited. She was terrified, but she was also happy at the same time. And I saw a black sign nailed above their bed. And what was written is the rapist game. And so the message that the Lord was giving here is simple. Married people need to honor the parameters of marriage. I know there's a very, in fact, there's multiple popular beliefs floating around out there that once you're married, it's game on and you can do anything. But the truth is it does not work like that. Marriage is a very sacred and a holy thing that the Lord God has given a one man and one woman to share. It cannot be shared by divorced people who are a form of single people. It cannot be shared by widowed people. I'm talking about sex and marriage because that is another form tragically of single person can be shared by your average single person. It is a gift that is given to two male and female and the, the act of intimacy in there, no matter the fact that you are legally married before state and before God, there are still parameters that you need to keep. People feel that the verse that says marriage is honorable in all and the bed undefiled means that whatever you do there is acceptable, but that is a fallacy and that is not true. There are certain acts that you can engage in that greatly inflame the Lord. And I've spoken about one of them constantly in the entire time that this channel has been up. And that is the act of sodomy. If you commit this act, whether you are man and woman, you are outside the acceptable parameters of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will invite wrath and judgment into your home. So the message the Lord was giving here is that indulging in sexual fantasies, I don't know the full extent of it, but the kind that defile the marriage and also the bringing in of strange games and toys and pursuits to the holy subject of union, physical union in your marriage, these practices don't come from the Lord. They come from popular pop culture. And a lot of the time they come from porn. Married people are doing things in their homes that actually stem from what are called the practices of Jezebel. Practices that come direct from industries that do not honor the Lord. God created this for a man and a woman to engage in a purposeful act of great power and therefore your mind is as much a part of this act as the rest of you this is why if many people enter into um, godly marriage and they've not actually gone through 
deliverance or they've not received healing and the breaking of soul ties you can be in the middle of this act with someone that you have taken covenant with and the names the faces and the remembrances of other people from other times in your past will sort of spring on you at the wrong moment and this is a very difficult place to be if you are a person in a marriage whether you are saved or not no husband wants to hear the wrong name in the middle of that no wife wants to be called the wrong name these are destructive things and because many people do not prepare their hearts before they embark on the sacred covenant they bring with them garbage they bring with them baggage from their wild times at so-and-so high and their wild times at university and these things all join in to the marriage covenant and despite what the scripture says the bed does become defiled and so this is what the lord said to me that the mind cannot be defiled with images whether it's coming from pornography or whether it's coming from your own memory bank because you never repented of the things that you did before marriage you never went for counseling you never got deliverance you never got healing and so you are carting around filth and this filth becomes part and parcel of what you, of the gift that you're giving your partner in marriage the lord also says that um sexual union takes place in his presence if more people were aware of this I think that more people would be more mindful of the things that they think are acceptable if they knew that this act takes place directly in the presence of God, angels, Holy Spirit, and the Lord Jesus Christ. So he said, the people give themselves over to vain imaginations. And this is how demons and other satanic presences enter into their marriages and begin to pull them apart by suggesting that your wife becomes someone else in pursuit of a fantasy you put away your wife in preference of a stranger by suggesting your husband impersonate a rapist you are calling demons of violence and destruction into the marital bed be advised that if you did not know, demonic entities do not play games. Satan has no sense of humor. So demons being extremely territorial over whatever it is that they have managed to capture or take as prey, they do not play games with the things that belong to them. They have no mercy and they have no sense of humor. If you rouse them, or if you call on or invite demonic presences by the activities and actions that you engage in, they will respond accordingly. And once they attach to you, once these things attach to you, they will not be so easily shaken off. Once invited in by your own free will, by your own sin of determination, which means a sin whereby you know the cost and you still choose to do something, they will not leave until you, you receive deliverance. They will take territory in your marriage. They will work on both spouses, or they may work on a victim spouse through, um, I would call it an aggressor spouse. This is where one person has habits or preferences from before that are not God honoring. And then they think, well, this is my husband now. 
I have a right to request this of him. And it makes the other person uncomfortable and they're not able to fully be themselves in this very sacred um, act of joining. And yet, because you keep insisting, but I'm your wife, but I'm your husband, you're supposed to. It says you're supposed to submit to me. This is where abuse comes into the most holy, most important. This is how cleaving is done. So if you invite Satan to be at the heart and the crux of the process of cleaving, don't be surprised when the fruit that the enemy brings begins to manifest. God said that many people, I think it was in the third of this series or the fourth, he said that because many people continue indulging what they see in pornography or what they learned previously, and they don't want to unlearn those things to walk in holiness in this area. He said that the fantasies that control people's minds will become darker and darker and darker until they drive them to commit things that are actually seen as crimes. So it says here again, when you give territory and let demonic spirits hold ground in marriage, the participants will gradually become moved to do the things that they have fantasized about for real. And then they will graduate to worse and worse things because the images will take control of them and become darker and darker until one partner or both will fall into debauchery and the marital bed will be defiled. Married people must conduct themselves in such a way that they honor the Lord and they honor one another in this sacred act with their bodies. For no matter how much you think that once you get the ring, everything is on, having a ring does not move away the scripture that says, know ye not that your bodies are the temple of the Lord. Having a ring and having a husband or having a ring and having a wife does not take away from your constant, never-changing responsibility to honor the temple that your body is and then to also honor the temple that your spouse's body is and to, above all, honor the Lord. And so, to those who think that an agreement to do wickedness is still an agreement, God is not in agreement with you you. And the reason that he is exposing these things is because he is not pleased. And understand there are certain types of sin that will take place in situations where no one will ever know about it. So if a wife never complains, or if a husband never complains, or if the both of them are actually quite happy with their practices, then no one is going to complain and no one will ever know about these things. And yet see the eye of the Lord is taking what is secret, is taking what is hidden and bringing it out here on a YouTube channel through someone who has no spouse. So the Lord says, repent and bring your marriage under the safety of the blood of Jesus and you will be accepted. May the Lord receive all the glory for this, his counsel, because he is the only one who is able to correct us and save us from himself. And by that, I mean God will and is judging these things. And because he is warning, he is giving us the parameters as a parent that he wants us to operate in. Because if we decide to overstep those bounds, and commit sins of determination, there is yet nothing that we can say after that. And so married people, 
here are some of the things that were in part three of the profanity series that have nothing to do with you. If you have taken oath and covenant, covenant before the Lord Jesus Christ, you're, have, you're to have no part in group sex. The whole group is the two of you. That's where it starts. That's where it ends. You're to have no part in what is known as swinging or exchanging your marital partner giving your wife to someone else so you can have their wife or just lending your husband out because you want to be left alone and you don't mind if another person has him for a few hours you are not to participate in same-sex activity of any kind you are not to participate in adultery you are not to participate in any acts involving children and anything even with your partner that leaves the natural use of the body parts to misuse them in other ways. The Lord says that whether a husband and a wife agree to do these things, meaning that the two of you think it's fine, that will not stop them being sin and they will never be acceptable to him. So I would recommend that if you haven't seen Profanity of Profanities, part three, which is called Immolators of Desire, you should please take a look at that because it will shed more light and give more context to what I'm talking about here. And so this is Celestial with the Master's Voice. Thank you for tuning in. Please check the URL below. Go back to the blog and read these things for yourself. I always say that reading increases your retention and your comprehension. And so you can know and discern where these things are coming from and understand what the Lord is requiring from us in these last days. Until I see you again, take care and goodbye.